Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about confirming our calling, and we're going to pray. And Chuck is keeps telling that you're going to hear an awesome message from your Austin pastor. And the reason he is saying that because he has a heart of encouragement, and uh, he's encouraging you guys while he encourages me at the same time. And I will tell you this: this has been a difficult message. Now it sounds so easy confirming the call. It can't be that hard. Come on. But the difficulty is, is what I have experienced this last week uh, that might have influenced my ability to process what God was saying to me. And I'm just going to be transparent, share a little bit about what's going on. I feel like this is part of getting this to work. Come on come on you can do it but I feel like this is part of uh, an enemy tactic against us I've had two major um, encounters within the body of Christ that have been confusing they've been filled with a little bit of chaos and uncertainty and I didn't feel the chaos and uncertainty I just couldn't figure out why everything wasn't lining up. And they're definitely two separate instances, two separate states, the whole nine yards. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is going on here? And as I began to think about it and process it, and um, one started last Friday, a week ago last Friday, and one was started this past Thursday, I'm like, what is this trying to stir up within the body? something that distracts us from what we're called to do and what I realized a lot of what was happening was actually a distraction because you spend so much real estate trying to process through all the different elements of it all the different factors of it you realize that you're caught in this swirl I realized I was caught in the swirl of trying to unwind something that actually wasn't even mine anyhow. I was called for counsel, I gave counsel, and then somehow I got territory in it. You know, somehow I staked a claim in what was going on. And and I I wanna talk about this a little bit because I feel like God is trying to keep us focused on what is he doing right now? What is the move? What is happening right now? And part of the enemy's job is trying to pull us away from being able to see. We've all got to be able to see clearly what God is doing. And the way to do that is not only by the reading of the word, but it's also by the living in the body, you know, having that body life. And we're probably going to start with Jeremiah this morning. Um, And we're not really sure where all we're going to go, but we're going to go somewhere. We do all know eventually we'll all go to lunch, right? So there is direction when we get done. There is direction. 
Um, it is interesting because uh, in both situations that I was involved in, it was about the inability to see clearly and to recount the events that happened. And of course, we know, if anybody remembers the, the whisper game where you whisper something to one person, and by, I know we used to do this in school, and by the time it got through all 20 kids or 25 kids, it was something completely different. And part of it is the way we hear, it's the way we interpret, it's, it's what our emotions are at that time. But I feel like part of what's going on now is this distraction of the enemy to get us to hear something that is not actually being said. And I know people have come to me and said, I, I remember when you said this earlier. And I was like, I actually didn't say that. I can go back and listen. I didn't actually say that. But sometimes it's, 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 it's what they need to hear. And, of course, the Holy Spirit does that, too. But we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go to Jeremiah 28. And we're going to talk a little bit about how the swirl begins. And how do we get free of the swirl? And while y'all are looking there, I just want to read one other little thing to you. Chuck said this is going to be good, so so we believe Chuck, right? Man of faith. Yeah, man of faith. That's right. Uh, let's see what I'm looking for. Okay, I'm going to read it one thing to you before we get started. Uh, Ecclesiastes three eleven, and I just want to kind of set this as we as we talk. It says he has made everything beautiful. We're talking about God, and and appropriate in its time. He also has planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except for God. Yet man cannot find out, can't comprehend, or grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. And I wanted to read that because the clarity of our call, the confirmation of our call, is really Christ. That's who we're called to. That's what we're called to. Everything that we do is out of our calling to be one with Jesus. It's not what we do. It's who we are. We are called to be sons and daughters. We are called to be oneness with Christ. We're called to be in unity of a body that's one. So, so that's what we're called to do. And, and for today, we're going to talk about calling different than purpose. But our calling from Christ is to be one with him. Our calling from Christ is to be able to uh, resurrect the eternity that's been put in our heart by the acknowledgement of Jesus being the Savior of the world. That's what, that is what our calling is, is, is we are called by God to be one with him and what muddles our calling is a lot of different things I mean it's true it's a lot of different things there's there's plenty of things that can muddle our calling but but what happens I believe in what's happening right now is there is a lot of misinformation you know we talk about fake news 
Well, we have fake news in the body. I mean, we do. We have fake news in the body. And let's just read a little. Uh, we're going to start with Jeremiah 28.1. It says, In the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth and fifth year, the false prophet Hananiah. That's where I'm going to stop. The false prophet Hananiah. He got into the body and he began to prophesy falsely against the body. Uh, verse 2, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Now this is what Hananiah is saying. I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Of course, uh, Israel is in captivity. They have been in captivity by Babylon. Within two years, I'm going to bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. So here is the, here's the whole, okay, everybody, everything's going to be good. Within two years, everything's going to be right again. And that's what we want to hear. Everything's going to be right tomorrow. When you go to sleep tonight, you wake up tomorrow, everything's going to be right again. But that's not necessarily the case. Everything's right again because we belong to Jesus. So it's always right. Internally. But externally, things may not line up that way. We're going to skip to verse 5. It says, Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest. So there is his confirming body and all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. So you're like, oh, yeah. May the Lord do so. May the Lord confirm and fulfill your words, which you have prophesied to bring back the articles of the Lord's house and all the captives from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, listen now to this word, which I'm about to speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all people. The prophets who were before me and before you from ancient times prophesied against many lands and against great kingdoms of war and of disaster and... Um, I don't even know what that word is. Virulent. Virulent. You know, sometimes you look at a word and you're like, it's, not, it's just not working in my brain. But as for the prophet who is on, on the contrary, prophesies of peace when that prophet, prophet's word comes to pass, only then will it be known that the Lord has truly sent him. So we know that a prophet's words will produce, will manifest, Right? Verse 10, then Hananiah, the false prophet, took the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and smashed it. Hananiah smoke, spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, thus says the Lord, even so, within two full years, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations. And then the prophet Jeremiah went on his way. Verse 12, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah sometime after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, go and tell Hananiah, the Lord says, you have broken yokes of wood, but you have made in their place bars of iron. I mean, that is a powerful thought process to even try to comprehend what is happening there. You know, he steps into a place that is not of the Lord. And he begins to take action to demonstrate what God is going to do. And instead of setting free, 
he created more bondage. And the bondage that he created is much stronger than the bondage that they were in before. Verse 14. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put the iron of yoke of servitude on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they will serve him. And I have even given him the beast of the fields. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Listen now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and you have made this people trust in a lie. Now we're going to lighten this up a little bit. Because it's hard to really think about how does that apply to today? How does that apply to right now? Who do we trust for what we're hearing? And, and how is it that he's able to release this word and create this bondage over the people, over the nations that are in conflict with what the truth of God is? Do you see where things are being created in this way in the current day? Where things are being spoken and things are being said that are creating this, uh, this really this, um, I can see it all of a sudden. What it is, is it's creating like a move of fog into the body. Because we are caught with an emotion of wanting to believe the fake news that has been touted as the word of God. And because there's so many voices out there right now, it's very difficult to try to sort through what we are hearing. Our, our soul, our emotions wants to hear what's going to encourage us, wants to hear what's going to uh, keep us from the cloud and the smoke and the mirrors, all the stuff that the enemy is doing. We, we want to hear that encouragement. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't encourage us. It's just that what, he, what we are hearing is not what God is doing. And when we think about this kind of Jeremiah 29, we're going to move on to Jeremiah 29. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Hananiah was giving distraction from what God was saying. Hananiah was lying to the people. Hananiah was coming against the plan of God. Hananiah was going after the emotions of the people instead of building them up in the word of God, in the presence of who God is, in what he said. And, um, you know, it's interesting because in the Old Testament, it was much, much clearer to understand who was sent by God and who wasn't sent by God. Now it's a, it gets a little bit muddy because there's a lot of voices out there. We're going to go to Jeremiah 29. I want to start reading in verse 5. So, so they have been, um, you know, in exile. They've, they've been under captivity with Nebuchadnezzar. Um, 
And, and Jeremiah comes back to him because he's telling him. And, of course, at the end, Hananiah dies. At the end of verse 20, I mean, chapter 28, Hananiah dies. He is taken out. He dies two months later. But in verse 5, Jeremiah is talking to the people, and he says, The Lord is saying, Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat their fruit. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease in numbers. Seek peace and well-being for the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its peace and well-being you will have peace. It says, uh, verse 8, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your false prophets who are among you and your uh, diviners deceive you, pay no attention, and attach no significance to the dreams which they dream or to yours. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name, and I have not sent them. And then, of course, in verse 11 is the verse that we know. For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me. And I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. So what does all this mean to us, really? What, does this, what is God trying to tell us through this? One of the things that I felt like the Lord was showing me today was that we've got to dig back into the depth of our relationship with him. The only way that we will be able to measure what is given to us is by the measure of who lives in us. You know, the, the more that we spend the, with him, the more we spend in his word, the more we'll be able to discern and divide what is happening around us. It's really the word of God that's going to set us free from the false prophets, the lies, the, the clouds of confusion that come against us. It is the word of God. And one of the scriptures that the Lord was showing me, um, let me just read this real quick, is uh, Jeremiah... 32 and it's 38 it says um, God is talking about Israel it says they will be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one way that they may reverently fear me forever for their own good and for the good of their children after them and I will make an everlasting covenant with them and I will do uh and that I will do them good and not turn away from them. And I will put in their hearts a fear and a reverential awe of me so that they will not turn, around, turn away from me. I believe the Lord wants to stir up again within us a reverential fear of him. A, a, a depth of of understanding of what it means to tremble before the Lord. What it means to be able to walk in such a way that the first, the first thing I check before I do anything 
is that awareness of how holy and how big and how good he is and that anything else out there that takes me away from that holiness of God is a distraction from the enemy it's something that feeds our emotion it's something that that will give us a momentary release instead a permanence of satisfaction in him you know we don't talk about the fear of the Lord too much anymore and and how important that is but having that holy fear of God we talked about tension last week you know the tension between the word of God and the rhema word well there's a tension between the holy fear of God and the tender love of God you know we can all lean against him and and feel his heartbeat and all that kind of stuff but there's got to be that holy trembling within us that gets us to the clarity of what that intimacy looks like and I know this is, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. God, do I have that rever reverential fear of you? Is there a holy tremble in me? Or has it gotten a little bit lax lately? Has it gotten where I'm so busy running the race and I'm so busy preparing and prepping and doing all these things that this... You know, uh, there used to be a song that said, uh, did we forget to tremble? Have I become so familiar that I've forgotten to tremble? Have, as a body, have we become so familiar with God that we've forgotten what the trembling before the holy God really feels like? And it's that trembling before God that gives us the power to walk out in the the life that we the crisis of life around us and that's what it is it's a crisis of life around us and, and God is calling us let's build our houses let's let's set our our, our feet in in the places where he's planted us and let's live out of that holy 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 holiness of God and I'm going to flip over into Thessalonians first Thessalonians 4 Sometimes messages are just to make us think and make us ponder and make us check. You know, God, where am I? Am I so caught up in the chaos of he said, she said, and, and this is their interpretation, this is that interpretation, that I've actually forgotten where my plumb line is? That I've actually forgotten who is it I'm serving? And it's not anybody outside of, outside of who he is. You know, God puts us in position to influence the place that we're put in. And so many times the enemy's trying to trap us into something greater than that. It says finally, first one, it says, finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the, in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions that you've received about us how you ought to walk and please God just as you are actually doing and that you excel even more and more pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation 
for you know what, it, what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, separate and set apart from sin, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and being separated from things profane, not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and are ignorant of his will. Basically, we're not to be like people who don't know God. We're supposed to be like people who walk and live in the very presence of God every day. And that in this matter of sexual misconduct, no man shall transgress or defraud his brother because the Lord is the avenger of all things. Just as we have told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness. To be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him, whether in public or in private. So whoever rejects and disregards this is not merely rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you to dwell in you and empower you to overcome temptation. I mean, think about that. Think what Paul is telling us. And... Um, Oh, gosh. This is a day where God is separating the holy from the profane. This is a day where God is going to push you out of the way if you're not going to move with him. This is a day where the body is being shaken at such a level that we're trying to figure out what's going on. And what we're, what's happening is we're hearing voices that are not voices from God because they're trying to make it okay for what's happening in the body when God's like, no, I am shaking this body. I will not let my body be marred by all this sexual immorality. I will not let my body be double standards. We're in the house, we all act holy. Out of the house, we all act like hell. God is tearing us up so we can be put back together in the right way. And honestly, if we don't correct, we will be moved out of the way. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. He just is not going to let any individual, any group, any, any uh, corporate body be a stumbling block for his kingdom to move forward. He will not allow it. And you can say, well, God loves me. He's grace. He is all those things. But he will not be mocked. He will not be made fun of. He will not be uh, embracing a yes and a no. It's either yes or it's no. He will not let us sit on a fence when we know better. He is not going to be mocked. And there's all kinds of exposure that's happening. Where people are being, I, I found out this week, there's a couple of big ministries. One who had a family here and a family in another country. Who is God? I mean, my heart is racing just thinking about it. I'm like, God, check me. We've got to understand that this cleansing of our houses, of our body of the big body of Christ is not for the light of heart. 
If God is correcting us, it's an opportunity for us to turn back to him, to, to grow closer to him so we can move his kingdom forward. I told somebody the other day, sorry is just sorry. It's not repentance. You might, I mean, you might have a sad heart about it, but unless there's a physical change in who you are and what you're doing, then it's just sorry. God's like, sorry is just sorry. It's not repentance. That's not a quote. I, I didn't read that somewhere. <laughs> I just interpreted that on my own. But I feel like there's such a 911 call to the body. We've got to believe what the word says. And if we don't believe what the word says, we've got to get with people who can help us understand the word. We can't say, I believe God, and then turn around and call him a liar. By our actions, by what we do, by what we say. You know, I feel like God's got a big scrub brush out. And it's got like the wiry points on it that really hurt. Because he's got to get his body clean in order to move us forward. I know everybody says, I've heard this said a million times, you know, he's not coming for a broken and bruised bride. He's coming for a pure and holy bride. And, you know, he's not doing this shaking in order to get rid of the bad ones. That's what we'd like to think. You know, nah, they weren't that good anyhow. You know, he's doing the shaking in order to make a strong body. Wherever there is weakness, wherever there's sin, it disables the body. It's like having a hurt knee or a twisted ankle. You're not walking fully. If there's sin in the house, it disables the body from doing the fullness that it's called to do. God wants a full, healthy, strong body. Amen. Come on. He does. He wants individuals to be strong, full, healthy, whole, so that corporately our big body can be full, strong, healthy, whole. He's not looking for mushy people. He wants some strength. You know, Chuck and I were watching something the other day. I don't know what we were watching, but they were showing how you can get a six-pack via surgery. And it was just some, I don't know if it was a commercial or something. We were like, what is that? And they showed this little clip how if you'd like a six-pack, that can surgically be done. And they showed like it was like a little before and after, so call this number and you can get your little six-pack, I'm sure, for a substantial amount of money. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Can you imagine? But they just, you know, put little cuts in the, in the thing and then tighten up the muscles. And then next thing you know, you're just like svelte. It's bathing suit weather again, right? A man's tummy tuck, yes, something like that. But, you know, we can't get a six-packs via surgery. We get six-packs by doing ad work. We got to do lower ads and upper ads. We got to do the work. And, yes, we know that God supernaturally can wash over us and suddenly something's gone. And he does. But that's not how we live. We work out what he's called us to do. We work out that calling of relationship with him. We work it out every single day by modeling who he is. We work it out. So this shaking of the body 
It's like a giant workout. He's working out the muscles. This muscle's weak, then we're going to have to do some muscle work on that. What's holding the knee from really operating? We're going to have to do some knee work. Wherever we fit in the body, if we are uh, an, an impingement to the full motion, the full movement of the body, God's going to work us out. And if we refuse to be worked out, he's going to move us out. He will move us out. He'll move us out of the way until we are ready to come back in. You know, it's interesting. We, we t I've, t I've preached on this. I've preached on the remnant of God. And there is a remnant. All through scripture from beginning to the end, there's always a remnant. There's those few hundred or the 7,000 prophets that he saved for Elisha. Or there's always that few checking myself before I finish <laughs> there's always that few that rise up but we want to be part of the few we're not responsible for anyone but us unless we're called within the body life here you know we're not responsible for whatever they're doing over there it's not my job it's not my hula hoop but we're responsible for each other to help us grow, to help us to be part of that remnant, to help us to run strong and run hard in the calling God has given us. And, and the only calling that God has given us is him. Because if we answer that calling, then everything else plays out. Everything else plays out. Everything else will unfold if we answer that calling. And, you know, there's a lot of other things, you know, gifts and all that kind of stuff that we're not going to talk about today. But we have to understand in this shifting season that God is calling us to be holy. That God is calling us to tremble before him. That God is calling us to hear the word clearly and to live out of the word that God is calling us to be faithful in all things because he is faithful that God is calling us to not worry about our right or our left but to worry about where he is and what we're doing I want to read the scripture out of Peter then we're probably going to be done first Peter 2 11 or 12 actually it says keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles conduct conduct yourself honorably with graciousness and integrity so that for whatever reason they may slander you as an evildoer yet by observing your good deeds they may instead come to you glorifying God in the day of visitation when he looks upon them with mercy submit yourselves to the authority of every human institution for the sake of God to honor his name whether it is to a king as one in position of power or to governors as sent by him to bring punishment to those who do wrong and to praise and encourage those who do right 
We could probably spend a lot of time on 13, but we won't this morning. For it is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence, muzzle, gag, the culpable ignorance and irresponsible criticism of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or a pretext for evil, but use it and live as bondservants of God. Show respect for all people, treat them honorably, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. Fear God, honor the king. So that in everything that we do, people will see who he is. They didn't say they will see us. They will see and glorify God. So when we do all of these things, when we have the inside right in our relationship with God, then the external people will be drawn to glorify God. We will change their hearts by who we are and by what we do and about where we keep our headspace. And that is unto God. So to sum this up, fear God. It's the fear of God that will protect us in every single way from what the enemy has planned, from, our, from what our emotions, where our emotions want to take us, from the onslaught of the people around us, the reverent fear of God. Amen. Amen. So I want to pray over us because um, I know that that was, uh, I don't know what that was. I just know that that was a good word and God is good and the word lives and it, 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 it will feed us. It will feed us. And originally when I started working on this, I, I was going to actually go in a different direction. And God was like, oh no, I am their call. I'm like, okay, what does that really even mean, God? But he is our call. He is the one that loves us. And he has set it in us to not only live this life in success from him, but also in eternal glory with him. Amen? So if you guys will stand, we're going to pray. And then I'm going to uh, pray. I want to pray over Jenny and Grant too real quick. So, Father, this is what I'm hearing is that... Um, Oh, God, I just, I'm hearing that there is a, a, almost like a reverberation in our body. It's like when you take a uh, tuning fork and you hit it, and it begins to vibrate and make a sound. I feel like there's a vibration being released and a sound that, that our spirits are aligning with. That, that there's something about this season in time, this specific time and season that you are aligning our hearts with yours. That you're aligning our spirits in a way where we cannot be moved. And so, Lord, I just want to speak that over us. That there is just a, um, a strike of uh, reverberation from heaven that is rushing through our bodies. That's rushing through our minds. That is clearing up any cloudiness that has been there or any confusion any uncertainty lord i just thank you that as as more and more words come about the reverent fear of you that holiness 
uh, that you bring to us to, to live in us to dwell in us that holiness that um, that that allows us to live as holy people that when we fear and honor and love you that there is a holiness that exudes from us so father i'm just thanking you for every person here and every person watching online lord that as the word was spoken that you will uh sort through us what you want to place within us and that it won't just become a sunday message that it will become a, a breath of life within us God, we just, we love you so much. And we want the world to see your beauty and your glory. And just like Peter said, you know, if we do these things, they will run up to glorify you because of us. Because of you in us and we display who you are, they will glorify you. And that's what we want. We want everyone in the world to bow their knee to you, Jesus. So recalibrate us, Lord. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.